Thank you for choosing Tox News, your only source to the 15 minutes of hate that Orwell always feared. I am your host, a leftist made of straw. Today's date being April 22nd, 2021. Let the record show. And we begin with the POA. I pledge allegiance to liberty and justice for all. A quick intro for a quick episode. Um, we have much content brought from Daily Wire. Um, they are absolutely seething from uh, Derek Chauvin's verdict, and I want to go over it. And we begin now with uh, Candace Owens' new show, Candace, which I had assumed was going to be more like a late night comedy. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not subscribed to Daily Wire, so I haven't seen full episodes. Um, but this clip is shockingly unfunny and um, disgustingly um, brutal in its uh, caricature and depiction of George Floyd. And uh, I think we'll get into that, but I was expecting more of a, a comedy theme going into her show, which I think this show is mostly humorless, especially this segment specifically, but I'll let you be the judge of that as we go through this um, misinformation. So let's begin. Hello and welcome, and we can just get right into this because you know what we, we are going to cover today. We obviously have to cover... See, hello and welcome tells me that this is like the beginning of the show, and yeah, it's uh, remarkably unfunny, so let's let's see how this is handled. ...the George Floyd trial conclusion, which is that Derek Chauvin is guilty on all counts, and I have to appreciate people that were trying to create a pressure campaign for me on Twitter saying, I wonder what Candace is going to say. Even Republicans agreed that, that this was the right call. I don't care who agrees that this was the right. I don't care if it's a Republican. I don't care if it's a Democrat. I don't care if it's a white person. I don't care if it's a black person. I am not so much of an intellectual coward that because the mob decides something, because the lie about George Floyd and the way that he lived his life has become so big, that we just have to now accept it as the truth. And believe me, this is a lie. This is like the election results, like all the way around, even though the verdict comes to a point or the results that they did not want to see most of the right wing wanting to see Derek Chauvin get an acquittal, um, just like the the election results, they deny the, the, the outcome. Nancy Pelosi yesterday, said, quote, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. Yeah, and I went over this last episode. It's extremely cringe uh, what Nancy Pelosi said, and the better option for her was to just not say anything at all, for sure. Uh, I don't like Nancy Pelosi's comments whatsoever, and it was very cringy to watch. She also said, quote, that his name will always be synonymous with justice. George Floyd's name will always be synonymous with justice. You have got to be kidding me. And don't tell me it doesn't matter. It does matter. This is the most important part, that he is now becoming synonymous with justice. Let me remind you guys, I've done it before, right? When the media was spinning all the lies and the media first came out and they said, oh, George Floyd was just getting his life together. He moved to Minnesota. He got released from prison in 2014. He was just getting his life together. You remember that? Do you guys remember that media depiction? of St. George, who was just doing things for kids and just loved the kids and really was trying to set a good example and was... And if you've been following Candace Owens enough, she has felt a lot of disdain towards how the media has portrayed George Floyd in this light, that he was, you know, getting another chance and having a clean and healthy life just before it was taken from him. 
Uh, she's always been seething at that um, and has spent most of her time whenever speaking about George Floyd to remind people of his criminal record history and his drug addiction. So um, that's, you know, staying consistent, at least. Just getting his life together until I reminded people of what his actual record was because it became apparent to me that there was a reason that they were not producing the police footage because they wanted to make sure that the lie was perpetuated around the world and repeated over and over again before the truth could get up. I don't think the release of the police footage had as much to do with the media as it did with the police department. So this is a pretty scathing uh, statement to, I don't know if it's actually worth dying on that hill because it's easily uh, refutable. Uh, most it was usually after reviewing by internal affairs uh, and more has to deal with the state laws on releasing body cam footage. So there's there's more going on with the state process and the police departments than the actual media. But it's more expedient and helps Candace Owens narrative to paint the media as the sole driver of the entire narrative of uh, the event that transpired due to George Floyd's arrest and murder. So that's, you know. That's just pointing out the obvious, really. From bed and put its shoes on. And here is the truth. Here is the person whose life and whose name is now synonymous with justice, Nancy Pelosi. George Floyd has a... It's very fascinating that conservatives are going with that since he has a criminal past and he resisted arrest or he was making arrest difficult, that he deserved to die. And it's, you know, it's even more excruciating when, you know, you... Rem- remind yourself of how exactly George Floyd died and I can't say that a lot of people deserve that um, it was a extreme ex- uh, use uh, excessive force and it was also like an extreme lack of concern and humanity coming from Derek Chauvin in George Floyd's death so really regardless of what crimes people commit I don't think it's uh, okay to justify their death just because they have a criminal record especially with this kind of death specifically it's uh it's uh really abhorrent that she would take this position right now rap sheet and i'm going to remind you guys of it again today he was arrested for delivery of a controlled substance he was arrested and put into jail he was arrested for theft he was arrested for theft again he spent- and we've recognized that like putting away non-violent drug offenders for possess- possessions of weed was incredibly wrong even though they haven't expunged enough people's uh, sentences there's still people serving sentences for merely possessing uh, marijuana um so like the war on drugs is not like the best way to go about criminalizing and dehumanizing a person when we know that a lot of the drug war was really focused on throwing poor people and mainly poor black people in jail so it's like really hard for me to go like oh he's the ultimate criminal when like a lot of his jail sentences were served for possessing drugs and in my personal opinion i think we need to decriminalize drugs and for and, and focus more of our efforts and uh and budgets in rehabilitation programs that will strengthen our communities. So it's a really uh, poor position to take uh, that George Floyd deserved to die because he possessed drugs, you know, years ago and was also possessing drugs at the time of his death. Uh, Don't think these are good reasons for George Floyd to be choked out of life for nine minutes. Spent 10 months and 10 days in jail. He was arrested for failure to identify. He spent 15 days in jail. He was again arrested for possession of a controlled substance. 
less than one gram of cocaine. He was then arrested for trespassing, no forcible entry. He was arrested for delivery of a controlled substance. He was arrested for possession with intent to manufacture or distribute another 30 months in jail total. He was arrested for aggravated robbery with a dangerous and deadly weapon. And that has really got to be the most significant arrest for me because of house. That one is the most significant arrest to uh, the the conservatives for sure. They bring this one up a lot that he held a pregnant woman at gunpoint um, for uh, an armed robbery. Um, while that act is uh, uh, easy to condone and feel animosity towards George Floyd for doing such a thing, that's not what he was being arrested for at the time. And that's not what he was choked out for at the time. He was killed and being arrested for uh, using a $20 bill, fake $20 bill to kill, uh, to buy cigarettes and a banana. So again, uh, past uh, discretions shouldn't really be a death sentence for somebody who is arrested by the police. Even though like what he did was wrong and he, ser he, he served his jail time for it. And, you know, me not knowing George Floyd or his family, I'm not really sure how he feels about those events or what led to those events. So I can't connect, you know, on a hum humanitarian level with him. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it's good that he uh, robbed somebody uh, with a dangerous weapon. That's certainly not okay, but he served his time for that and doesn't really deserve to be killed uh, just because he came across police again. Sick. What he did was ready. Here's a statement. At this time, a black Ford Explorer pulled up in front of the complainant's residence. The complainant that we're talking about, the woman, had somebody knock on her door and say that they were from the water department. And then that person forced their way into her home. And then a Ford Explorer pulled up. And there were five other black males that exited this vehicle and proceeded to the front door. The largest of these suspects forced his way into the residence. This is George Floyd forced his way into the residence, placed a pistol against the complainant's abdomen, and forced her into the living room area of the residence. The large suspect then proceeded to search the residence while another armed suspect guarded the complainant who was struck in the head and side areas by the second armed suspect with his pistol after she screamed for help. I should also mention that there was a toddler in the residence at the time that this happened. A toddler. Oh, so okay. So the story no longer is that she's pre that she was pregnant. The story now, with uh, more info, I guess, is that she actually just had a toddler in the presence of all of this. Um, so again, like these aren't these are actions that are, you know, bad. You know, and he should definitely or George Floyd definitely deserved the uh, jail sentence that he got for these acts. Um, the thing is, though, is that I wonder what Candace Owens' position would be on the uh, Blackwater mercenaries that Donald Trump pardoned just before leaving office, those mercenaries specifically killing unarmed civilians in Iraq. And I wonder if she thinks that those people, too, are also uh, sick and, you know, uh, unredeemable, as we seem to find George Floyd being in these acts. So I find it very fascinating that... Um, you know, I don't think I've ever heard her comment on those pardons, but, you know, Trump basically said, hey, with my kind of presidency, with my kind of leadership, killing unarmed civilians uh, as a private hired mercenary out in Iraq is OK. By pardoning them, he basically said that's fine. 
So, um, yeah, that's, that's is, again, it's a very interesting position to take that people are irredeemable uh, for past, dis- you know, past, you know, uh, poor, poorly thought out or just bad intent acts like but yet these uh, these I, I, I want to know. I, I'm curious now what her opinion would be on those mercenaries that were pardoned by Donald Trump, because they seem to get another chance that George Floyd isn't getting because he decided to use a fake twenty dollar bill to buy cigarettes and a banana. That was traumatized by what George Floyd did, a woman who was traumatized by what George Floyd did. Various people who were traumatized Throughout the life of George Floyd, he left a wake of victims. That is what happened. He had so many victims throughout his life. But right now, as far as we know, the mom and the toddler are the only victims. And I'm not trying to make the actions of George Floyd like any. I'm not trying to downplay them. I'm just trying to like put it in a little bit of perspective because she's making it sound like he has this like Schindler's list of victims. Um, when, you know, one crime specifically had to deal with two people being involved that were innocents. So I'm definitely curious on, you know, who makes up the rest of this list of unnamed victims that George Floyd has left in the wake of his actions. Um, generally curious on more names on that for sure. World has decided that he's just a wonderful human being. You're not allowed to talk about his record. Not allowed to talk about any of things. There are children that are running around with George Floyd shirts. There are murals that have been constructed, dedicated to George Floyd because his name has now become synonymous with justice, I guess. Regardless of what George Floyd did in the past, that wasn't what he was being arrested for. And his manner of death was completely unjustified. So you can try to use his criminal record and his drug addiction to paint him as this villain that deserved to die. But looking at the circumstances of the case and Derek Chauvin's uh, guilty verdict, there's just no evidence really to to say that this was a justified killing. Absolutely none, except for an absolute disdain of left wing movements and contempt hold towards George Floyd, which, you know, Candace Owens seems to contain both in her hollow skull. My question is justice for who? How do I do that? How do I live a life so that people say Candace Owens's name is synonymous for justice? I mean, you can, you know, stop supporting conservative movements that actually tend to hurt the best interests of the community that you so apparently care about so much that you created a movement to move black people away from the Democrats. While the Democrats don't necessarily help black people as much as they possibly could, um, conservatives usually be on the opposite end of that spectrum, normally hurting black communities more often than they help them, at least since the Civil Rights Act in uh you know since uh the party switch in the 1950s and 60s so um yeah i i just think that's that's probably how you can become more loved candace is by representing your people in their best interests rather than the reverse it's not telling the truth people hate that people say you're not allowed to say it you're not allowed to talk about who this person actually was because the media it's just irrelevant like that's the thing and like when people see what what why you're trying to make it relevant it's disgusting it's something that a human being who does not like other human beings that's what they would do by justifying a, a killing of a person for not the crime that they committed but crimes that they already served sentences for that's pretty gross candace that's not telling the truth it's just kind of it is a form of truth because it is his criminal record, but to point it out and try to make it relevant in this case when it's not is pretty disgusting behavior. Read on a narrative before the truth has gotten out about who this man was. 
getting his life together. Is anybody still buying that anymore? Oh, no, never mind. It actually turns out that at the time of his arrest, he had fentanyl in his system. He also had methamphetamine in his system. We also learned... And see, imagine like whether or not George Floyd, if he was on his, you know, second wind or new turn on life, how much better it would have been. Not only if we had universal health care, but also the the just the resources to access rehabilitation in the same way that Portugal does. So um, drug, drug addiction is a bitch. Um, I've struggled with like nicotine addiction and cigarettes, and um, I haven't tried harder drugs than that because i'm good i don't i don't need to find out i'm not that experimental guys um but criminalizing people who have drugs is just criminalizing people who are already dealing with a struggle dealing with the mainly the struggle of life to the point where they need these hard drugs or have developed their dependency so really again it's it's kind of gross behavior and a bit of disdain towards humanity if you can't accept their flaws and help them through the struggles of their addiction um, so just because George Floyd was slipping up and having drugs doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't a person trying to do his best. Um, but Candace Owens isn't going to see that ever. So that the week prior he had had an overdose, but none of that matters because now we live under mob rule. Mob rule just says that if a black man dies and a white person is around while that black person dies, it is a racially motivated crime. They've never proved that. Nothing about this was about race at all. Yeah, none of that was really proved, and especially since Derek Chauvin uh, decided to use his Fifth Amendment and not testify. Um, we're not going to really know Derek Chauvin's true motivations or intent. Um, so the thing is, though, is that like a bit of, you know, you have to question whether or not Derek Chauvin had some racial biases because of the lack of concern that he show showed towards George Floyd's health um, that could have played a factor as to why he didn't care that George Floyd could not breathe or that he had stopped breathing. Um, but you can't really pin that on him because it's not, you know, it's not clear. Um, but the, 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 the issue that a lot of people have felt with the justice system is that Derek Chauvin wouldn't be held accountable. And the left wing movement was pro proven successful in that by having enough attention on this case and, uh, George Floyd's murder that, you know, the jury would go in the right direction. I think that in a lot of these cases that aren't publicized in the way that George Floyd's is, we do see cops for the most part getting off, getting acquittals, getting, you know, found not guilty. 98% of excessive force cases, no cops face accountability. And most of those cases do not reach the height of publicity that George Floyd's case does. So that's kind of more of what we're talking about here uh, than, you know, Derek Chauvin killed him just because he's a black man. But it doesn't matter because now George Floyd has been propped up. And this is that's the thing that like I've noticed watching a lot of these conservatives seething over the verdict is that they lack a lot of nuance. Like conservatives look at almost every social and political issue with, like on the face value and they only take it on that, not really taking in the complexity of everything that's really going on. And it lacks a bit of nuance that allows uh, their viewers and the supporters of conservatives from being more informed and more empowered politically to make the right decisions. Um, and that's, a big piece of how conservatives really sell you an ideology that works against your best interests, especially if you're in the working class and not so much in the upper middle class and higher. So this is what we have to agree on. Nobody's allowed to tell the truth. Why are they doing this? 
Why, why can't we honestly have an assessment and come to an agreement, by the way? I would have been perfectly comfortable if people said Derek Chauvin. It's so weird that she says nobody talks about this when literally, like, I watch a lot of right-wing stuff, and if you come to this podcast, you do too. And they don't shut up about this. They do not shut up about his toxicology report and his past criminal history and the fact that he's still dealing with a drug addiction uh, or was dealing with a drug addiction. Um, it's not something that isn't quiet. If you turn on conservative news, it's on about George Floyd and they're talking about him. It's about that pretty much majority of the time. I think what she's upset about is that the jury didn't take that into consideration to acquit Derek Chauvin. She doesn't like the result and so she blames the media for covering it in a certain way when conservative media has been doing exactly what she's doing right now for the entirety of this uh, the, this case. So it's really ridiculous. Um, yeah was guilty of manslaughter. I'm comfortable with that charge. I'm not comfortable with the lies that have been told repeatedly about who this man was. If you care about black lives, if you're watching us thinking, Candace, I just care about black lives, then why can't we discuss black criminality at the same time? Because usually on the other end of black criminality is a black victim. That was the case with Jacob Blake. That was the case over and over again with George Floyd. That's also the case with, and let's talk about the person that was trending all last night and all this morning, Micaiah Bryant, is that her name? The woman, the, the young woman that they're now saying, a 16-year-old girl in Columbus, Ohio, who was shot on Tuesday by police. Did you guys see the clip of, of her mother? Uh, she was shot and killed by police because she was attempting to stab another girl. It's on camera. Have you like noticed the tone of this video of this segment? Like I was really actually convinced that Candace Owens show on Daily Wire was supposed to be a little bit more entertaining and uh, you know, a bit of a conservative look into pop culture. But this like she's just been yelling at the camera. Like this is literally 15 minutes of hate shortened down into 10 minutes and 43 seconds. And she's hating against people who are victimized by police brutality. Uh, Micaiah Bryant's case is uh, very complex. And it just, I think at this point, her case specifically um, brings up whether or not police tactics are really where they should be at right now. Um, yes, Micaiah was attempting to uh, hurt somebody with a knife. This is very true. Um, killing her is that was was that the only option? And with her being the police, I'm not even really sure like how all of this had unfolded. How she's the one who called the police, and then ended up with being the one with the knife and also being the one who shot. I don't know how much of it Micaiah was also doing self defense. It did you know with that body cam footage that we have, it doesn't look like self defense. Um, so it's hard to really discern it. Um, but I do have to kind of question whether or not cops need to be shooting everybody when there's a, a, a life or death situation going on and whether or not cops should be more well equipped to uh, subdue, subdue uh, anybody who may be a threat to life so that they also, too, can face a, uh, a trial with with by their peers. So, um, yeah, we, we keep justifying police killings. Um, or at least the conservatives do. And it really worries me because we're reaching the point where cops don't have to bring anybody in for trial as long as there's enough justification for their execution in the streets. And that kind of worries me on how we keep moving that line of what's justifiable to kill somebody in the streets. Um, it, it gives me some Judge Dredd kind of vibes and I'm not liking it. Judge Dredd isn't really something that we should all be praising and idolizing and hoping for in the future.
to be to be honest with you. She was a knife wielding maniac. But those details don't matter. Don't forget, because her mother came out and said that Micaiah had a motherly nature about her. She promoted peace. And it's amazing because Candace Owens thinks that she knows Micaiah's character all from that body cam footage. She knows everything that she needs to know about Micaiah just from that footage. That's wonderful. Like taking literally everything, even humanity, on its face value. Micaiah Bryant's mother wants you to know that the knife wielding maniac that you saw is not who she really was. Maybe in that moment she was trying to kill somebody, but the point that we should be focused on is that Micaiah Bryant like to promote peace in her on top of the fact that conservatives are pushing for execution or cops i don't like that they keep pushing the idea that nobody is redeemable that everybody is irredeemable as soon as they com commit some sort of heinous act or um uh you know a contemptible act that they're immediately to be thrown into the trash bin of society um again that's another face value of humanity that i'm not too interested of taking part in a kind of society like that spare time right i mean this is like i feel like we're, we have now tapped in to fiction like now we have to just accept fiction it doesn't matter because micaiah bryant was black and she died at the hands of police officer and that's all that matters now people want to come out and they want to i think the most egregious thing that really came out of the ohio uh shooting uh with micaiah bryant is that afterwards after uh, people had gathered around at the crime scene. Uh, they started shouting Black Lives Matter. And the cops responded with Blue Lives Matter. That that was actually probably one of the worst parts of it. Because I can't, you know, well, you can't really wipe this away immediately as a racist killing. Um, just because Micaiah Bryant was wielding a knife and attempting to harm another human being. Um, I think the, the coincidence is... It's more of a coincidence than it is a target targeted hate crime. The the hate crime to me was screaming out black or blue lives matter to people who just lost somebody of their community. Um, that was extremely tone deaf of the police and seemed to really. Um, I mean, I would just say lack of compassion um, towards the people that they supposedly uh you know, protect and serve, um, because if they don't feel respected and enough, then they feel like they um, have to, that like they're entitled to this respect because we give them a badge. And that's a, yet again, another uh, step towards a society that doesn't sound really worth giving a shit about, to be honest with you. Support Micaiah Bryant. Maybe she too, like George Floyd, will be buried into a gold casket. Maybe eventually one day Nancy Pelosi will say that Micaiah Ryan's name will be synonymous, synonymous with justice. Let me tell you what is actually happening in America at this time. And if you're a black American, you better pay attention. Right now in America, the goal is to make sure that black people love and support criminality. That is the goal. The express goal now is to make black people believe that we should be in the streets rioting, and looting and demanding justice for criminals, right? Because that is what these people are, they're criminals. George Floyd was in the process of committing a crime. I'm not saying he deserved to I saw the protests in Ohio and they were extremely tamed, especially compared to Minneapolis. So, um, you know, protesters and people who merely wanna see authority be, be held accountable do show a considerable amount of restraint, but um, you know, that doesn't help the conservative narrative here. So we're just not going to mention it. 
die. I don't think anybody deserved to die. I think he deserved to be arrested. They attempted to arrest him. Did you forget that part? Have you seen the full video of his arrest? The media refuses to show the full video that shows the police tried to put him into the vehicle multiple times, and he resisted arrest by saying, I'm claustrophobic, I'm claustrophobic, because he had- No matter what justifications they try to make, it is not okay that Derek Chauvin sat on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes. I, I, I don't know why I need to say that, but they keep justifying it, and it's not justified. Even when she said that a manslaughter charge is something that she would be comfortable with, it's obviously not really the truth when she's still trying to justify why George Floyd deserved to- die had just ingested fentanyl fentanyl that thing that's a hundred times more potent than morphine he had just ingested it because he didn't want to again get caught with a controlled substance as he had done repeatedly throughout his life there's there's no proof of that either um i did find it interesting that like in the closing statements of the defense, they had said that, like, he has something in his mouth you can see in this frame here, and he did. And he's like, it could be banana, could be gum, or it could be drugs. And, like, you have no way of telling. But from the toxicology report, 11 nanograms per milliliter was what was found in George Floyd's blood. And after a little bit of research, that that, that is the normal amount that most uh, DUI cases have been under for people who, um, who have... Uh, who have conge uh, consumed uh, fentanyl. So again, we're not really hitting the, the, the truth here because we can't discern how much George Floyd had taken, but he had a normal amount for people who have not overdosed on uh, fentanyl. They did drive under the influence and were charged for that crime, but they did not overdose and they went to their, you know, they went to their sentencing and everything like that. And I think it was around 2000 cases of people having 11 nanograms of uh, 11 nanograms per milliliter of fentanyl in their system. So that's actually a pretty average amount in, in, in those regards. Let's ignore a testimony from his girlfriend who said that they were both addicted, which by the way, that is sad. Drug addiction is sad. We can be talking about drug addiction. We should be talking about drug addiction. That would be a meaningful discussion, but instead let's ignore all of these things that would help us fix black America. Let's, let's not talk about drug abuse. Let's not talk about drug dealers. Let's not talk about criminality. Let's not talk about why Micaiah Bryant had a knife and was trying to stab a woman to death. Let's just talk about black victimhood because the discussion about black victimhood almost guarantees us that in the future, black neighborhoods are only going to get worse. When you start celebrating criminals, that is, of course, what is going to be the end result. We're going to have more black death. We're going to produce more black failures because we're not allowed to talk about the truth anymore. And Republican Democrats are even saying that this is good, right? So let's not talk about it. It's just been agreed. The lie has been agreed upon. Don't say anything. If you tell the truth, Candace, you're a bad person. I don't care what I am called. Just because right now in this country we are facing a pandemic of cowardice, because people are too scared once the mob says that this is what must be said and these are the only things that can be said because the media has now created a system, a successful system of propaganda where people don't even know what the truth is because the lie has been said over and over and over again. That does not mean that I'm going to back. Which is funny because that's what I pointed that conservatives are doing. They say that nobody's talking about the thing, these things, but that's all they talk about. And it's exactly in the same manner that she's saying now is that if they keep repeating these things, if they just keep saying it, then it becomes relevant to the narrative. Although I have been pointing out 
why it isn't and how Der- uh, Derek Chauvin killing George Floyd is not justified and he deserves the verdict that he got. Um, I did find the toxicology data. It did come from one of the testimonies of the expert witnesses from the trial specifically, and I will link that in the description below. So if you don't believe me with the 11 nanogram study of the DUI cases, um, check it out below. It's, it's down there. All right, Candace, wrap it up. Down to the truth. In fact, I think more, more than ever now, we need to have people that are willing to stand up and to say that what is happening in this country is wrong, what is happening in this country is backwards. None of these people that I mentioned are heroes. Thanks for joining. Cool beans, Candace. Cool beans. Um, I have another Candace one um, of her directly reacting to Chauvin's verdict, and we shall get that meow. Verdict, in my opinion, and I think that it's indicative of the fact that we now live in mob rule. This is mob rule society. Yeah. I mean, this is based on the evidence. I think it's very funny, too, because they keep using this, that like mob rule is what's really getting uh, a lot of these things done. Um, And it's protests. You know, they don't they don't consider them to be protests, even though 97 percent of the protests during last year's summer were peaceful Um, with like three percent of all protests happening across the nation, though, three percent of those being deemed riots. Um mob rule it, it's it's very weird because it's a very anti-democratic position to take when you call protesting mobbing you know it to characterize it as some kind of evil force um is a lot more anti-democratic than if you know you simply said now we're ruling off of public opinion you know which that's what mob rule is they just don't agree with it because most of the people that were doing these protesting stand with black lives matter and other left-wing movements so it's a it's a mob it's not it's not public that we saw, and this was polluted from start to finish. So to me, the most important element of this, which I found to be astonishing, was the fact that they never released the full police footage. They had it, they sat on it, right. they locked it down. It leaked months and months later after the riots, um, you know, via the Daily Mail, I think. But when I watched the full tape, I-, I was astonished that they didn't think to just at least add this context so that people understood, yes, this person was high out of his mind. He asked to be put on the ground. He was resisting arrest. Let's not forget what the media, what they did, the power they had in setting up this narrative to begin with. Mm-hmm. First, the media said he was just getting his life together. You remember St. George? Yeah, they do you guys remember St. George, yeah. right? He was just getting his life together. He had- you see what I mean? And like these videos, this one came out. Oh, I got rid of the other one. Um, this one didn't even come out that long ago. Like, do you see what I mean? That this is, this is a separate video. It's the same uh pundit candace owens but it's a different video and she's using the same exact talking points that she did in her other video both on the same channel um and it's not even that different from a lot of other arguments made by other right-wing pundits so literally it's just repeating 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 until it sticks in the mind of the people that you are concerned with it sticking in their mind i moved to minnesota yes he was you know had, had been in prison in the past but he was just helping the youth and everyone was crying and and it was oh my gosh this man is you know was getting a second chance at life and you know maybe had the wrong idea or whatever it was was was, was using a counterfeit bill like i understand candace owens doesn't like that the media is only playing his you know best characteristics um, but that doesn't mean that you have to spend the rest of your time completely vilifying someone just because you don't like how the media is presenting them way too clean. You don't have to like completely dip their image in mud in order for there to be balanced. Honestly, balanced reporting would notice that George Floyd, like many other human beings, was a flawed human being. 
So um, you don't have to go out of your way to vilify somebody just because you don't like the way the media does it the other way around. And somebody called the police and, and then he was killed. He was brutally murdered uh, on the basis of him being black. No indication. Uh, nothing was said out of Derek Chauvin's mouth that, uh, you know, should insinuate that this was about being black versus white. But that was what the media ran with. And then they successfully hid every piece of evidence that would have transformed public opinion, right? Every piece of evidence that would have said, wait a second, there's more here. And they were upset when I released a video and just went over his track record because it was clear to me, according to his track record, that it was very unlikely that a person that spends, you know, a pro And again, she's saying that like the media was quiet on all these things and maybe the liberal or what they call legacy establishment media was a little bit quiet on his past records. Um, but conservative media wasn't, you know, you've 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 got many websites and outlets talking about George Floyd's toxicology and his criminal past. So this isn't like it's not like this is quiet. It's really not. Approximately nine prison stints, nine stints in prison was really just getting his life together yep. after ha having served the last one. So, you know, to me, I think the saddest part of this is that what we need to acknowledge is that right now mob rules. The media creates the mob and the mob rules, and that's what we just saw play out. Let's just talk about how unusual that is, right? That they never released this full footage so that we could at least see the context and see more, at least be able to discern more facts other than somebody who's a bystander filming the video. And remember when Brad Parscale, I wanna bring up Brad Parscale. Do you remember how quickly that footage was released when Brad Parscale, you know, got arrested when he was drunk and he got into a spat with his wife? They released that footage like almost in the next minute. It was, it was, it, he got arrested on a Monday and we had the footage by Monday afternoon. But George Floyd footage, it was never for public consumption. The Daily Mail got it months later. The video I did, 100 million views. Yeah, and they That's because the police department released it. And then after Daily uh, Mail had been the first to report it, everybody else started following through with it. And I would like to highlight here that Daily Mail is from the United Kingdom and is extremely right-wing biased. So um, I'm not saying that anybody purposely gave it to Daily Mail to leak it as the first, but I'm just saying... I'm just saying. They couldn't believe it because, oh my gosh, I'm alleging that maybe your little child shouldn't be, I don't care what's happened, maybe she shouldn't be wearing a George Floyd shirt. Maybe they shouldn't be getting baptized in George Floyd circle or you know wherever it was they were taking their, their children to be baptized. They literally tried to turn, transform him into a saint. Yeah. You know, they wanted to saint this man. And, and all you had to do was look at his record and say, he has a wake of victims in his past. In his, in his past. Right. Imagine the woman who, when he you know, got arrested for the armed robbery, broke into her home. Again, it's the same victim that she talked about in the earlier segment, and we, she says there's a long list, and yet we're using the same example from the one of the previous segment. So what? who are the rest of these people? Like, I'm not saying that, you know, the woman that he did victimize in that robbery isn't valid. It's just she keeps using the word long list of victims and can only name one or two, which is her child, the, the child of the woman that he robbed. So I'm still interested in this in the in these other people that make up this list home uh put, you know put a gun to her stomach her child her, her her minor child was in the room during that time because he was looking for drugs and money he pretended they, they pretended to be the water man you know and, and he breaks into the home and imagine that woman watching the media saying to this man right he, imagine that 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 victim and I, why i always say this is that actually 
black female lives definitely don't matter. Well, that's true because too. these that's black true. men that they keep right. hailing as heroes yeah. and victims always leave a trail of female black victims in their wake and nobody cares. I don't blame the cops. And I think we're going to see this. And I do not blame the cops. If I had, you know, if my son grew up and said, leave. yeah, and said I want to be a police officer, I'd say absolutely not. Are you kidding me? None of this stuff would happen, these mistakes, if people could listen to police officers' instructions. It's not that hard, right? And right now you have black Americans that are learning that it doesn't matter. You shouldn't have to. In fact, the best case scenario is for a police officer to do anything wrong while you're resisting arrest because you will be transformed transformed from a hero. And I say transform, I'm talking about from a drug dealer, from a drug user. I mean, all of these people from, a, you know, an accused rapist into a hero. All you have to do is resist arrest and hope that a police officer makes a mistake in the moment, which is likely to happen when adrenaline is... Honestly, though, even though uh, Jacob Blake had committed a violent crime against his girlfriend, um, she still seemed pretty upset that the officer had shot him in the back seven times so um you know you can try to fight um you try to make her case but it would be much better to actually get her words to see how she feels about jacob blake um because they, they 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 had their own situation going on but he shouldn't be absolutely vilified yet again just because he has a criminal record um, just because you have made mistakes in your past doesn't mean that the next time you come across police that they have uh, absolute immunity to do whatever they want to you. It's not okay. Running through your in your veins because you're wondering, am I going to survive this? Because police officers also have to go home to families, right? Am I going to live when Rashad, whatever his name was, Ar Rashad, um, who was the guy? When Rashad Brooks uh, was asleep in a Wendy's... Uh, drive through and then was woken up by police and then uh, tried to run for his life, which is funny that they always bring up this taser thing. In, but when they shot uh, Rayshard Brooks, he was running away. So he wasn't actually threatening them with the taser. Plus, like they have body armor, too. So if it was to hit anywhere on their centers, I'm doubt it, I doubt it would have much of an effect. Atlanta, who, yeah, who yeah. grabbed, Rayshard Brooks grabbed the taser. Yeah. What are you thinking a police officer is going to think in that moment? And yet still, the police officers are always demonized. There is no incentive right now in this country to be a police officer. I mean, cops are heavily demonized right now, mainly because the system hasn't shown enough that they will face accountability for their actions. And like I said, 98% of excessive force cases are found with a non-guilty or acquittal verdict. So, like, there, there is definitely a valid argument to make whether or not cops actually face sufficient amount, sufficient amount of accountability in the actions that they do, especially when it uh, leads to somebody dying. So, um, you know, if cops are feeling de you know, de-incentivized to be police just because they're afraid of facing accountability, then I think they should resign and we would be better off with them resigning for sure. Um, moving on now to the other segment, Ben Shapiro is going to uh, give his opinion in, though I doubt it's going to be very much different from Candace Owens. But nonetheless, they are absolutely seething and I am here for it. The prosecution did not allege that Chauvin killed Floyd because he was black. The prosecution did not allege racism, but that is what Chauvin stands convicted of. That's what America stands convicted of, not just in the court of law, but in the court of public opinion, which matters a hell of a lot more than the court of law. But there is one thing that the jury didn't do. There is one charge that the jury never even considered. There was one charge that was never even alleged that Chauvin was convicted of. And that, of course, is the biggest charge of all, not the murder charge, the charge that Derek Chauvin is emblematic of an American system of racism. 
That charge was never proved. No evidence was brought to that idea. There was no Nobody was accusing Derek Chauvin of that. Nobody is talking about that. Again, he's imagining this like straw man to build his argument. Um, and again, the systemic racism is coming off the fact that cops don't face accountability for their actions. Rarely. 98%. I've said it many times on this one episode. So the, 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 the fear of a systemic racism or, or systemic racist system is that it um, doesn't hold accountable, uh, hold cops accountable for um, killing black people. Um, and if Derek Chauvin had actually been found innocent, that would have proved the, the point that everybody was trying to make. But um, fortunately enough, the jury didn't spend much time in realizing that, in fact, it was murder. So although... Derek Chauvin is that 2% of cases of cops uh, facing accountability for their actions. There's still much more work to do because there's no way that 98% in, in, in all of these cases that every single killing was justified. So there, there was not even an allegation that this killing was racial in any way. That allegation never was brought to court. There was no evidence presented. Because there was no evidence based on that. Absolutely not. But again, like I said, you could maybe make a case maybe, even though there isn't substantial evidence on this either, that a racial bias came into Derek Chauvin's head as to why he lacked concern for jo George uh, Floyd's welfare. So that there, there's at least, you can say that, but you can't put it, you can't necessarily pin it on him with a verdict in a court, so. ...of that allegation. And yet that was the entire story. If you ask Americans today, is Derek Chauvin a racist? I guarantee you, a majority of Americans will say yes. And I'm saying to, no because it's not necessarily provable, but I'm also not going to say it isn't in absolute certainty in my mind that he isn't because of the lack of concern that he showed for George Floyd's welfare while he was under his arrest. What is the evidence? I should correct that. While he was under his knee. That, that George Floyd died. That is not evidence of racism. That's evidence, at best, of a bad cop. It is evidence of bad police procedure. It is evidence of recklessness. That is not evidence of racism. So imagine if, you know, he was found uh, not guilty of these things, like what that would say to the black community and how much the justice system prioritizes holding cops accountable. That's where we would see a lot more of this uh, systemic racism going on. And with the rest of these cases that, you know, may contain a lot more George Floyd's in them, uh, the system does seem to have a bit of a leaning bias towards police being allowed to kill black people. But we all know that the real charge that was brought against Derek Chauvin, because it was being brought against America more broadly, is that America is racist. And this case is emblematic of that. This data point is all about America being racist. He was never charged with that. He was never accused of that. No evidence was brought of that. But not only was he convicted of that, the entire country, the entire country was convicted of a crime that was that there was literally no evidence presented of. And that really is the part I don't, that, I, that honestly, is, I, is, I, I, I don't even know what he's talking about here because the trial itself was focused on whether or not jo Derek Chauvin should be held accountable for killing George Floyd and the jury reached a verdict that he should. Um, as far as like systemic conversation goes, it was not part of the trial. 
that in that Ben Shapiro was correct, but it wasn't supposed to be a part of the trial. And what I find interesting here now is how we're going to proceed knowing that George Floyd's murderer was one of, you know, a rare case in accountability when there's many more to be held accountable. That's that's the condemnation that's going on here. And it wasn't put on trial, but it was given a little bit of a look behind the curtain with this specific trial that was made nationwide and also reported worldwide. It's terrible for the country and has driven the narrative all along. Because let us be real about this. If the if the body cam footage had broken at the time when it was supposed to, by the way, the body cam footage broke well after the original third party footage of what was going on with Chauvin and Floyd. If the body cam footage had broken and the third party footage had broken and all of the evidence had been cast into the public sphere, if all of that had happened and there had not been 20 million people in the streets declaring that America was systemically racist and that this case was a case of racism, it is highly doubtful to me whether a jury would have convicted of second and third degree murder on this evidence. It's very funny to me because all of that evidence was presented in the trial. So the only thing that we could say is rather than the footage being released earlier before the trial, and you know, if then we eliminate the protesting movement and all the attention that was brought to this case, then maybe, yes, we would receive the outcome that Ben Shapiro is talking about, um, maybe. But all that evidence was provided in the courtroom and they reached the verdict that they did so we're not going to live in a timeline where we would know what would happen if people weren't protesting for a year and people weren't paying attention to this case but in in likelihood and looking at patterns in the united states it's very unlikely that derek chauvin would have faced uh, accountability had it not been as publicized as it was but we can't really prove that because even with all the evidence provided they still came to the verdict that they did so if we have to assume that the protest movement had nothing to do with it then the verdict would have stayed exactly the same i don't know what ben shapiro really is trying to get at here which suggests to me, of course, that when it comes to due process, this was due process in name. It was not justice in effect because individual justice relies on you evaluating the evidence before you, not on bringing in preconceived notions about systemic American racism that were never alleged in the courtroom. The prosecution did not allege that. The prosecution did not allege that Chauvin was a racist who went to kill a black man. And it had nothing to do with the jury's... He's he's assuming that the jury, the jury was biased because of the media, which I think is like a big step that the conservatives have been trying to make to overturn. Like they're building that narrative to o help overturn Derek Chauvin's trial by saying that the... Like, the media had reported too much. Maxine Waters had incited uh, riots and that all of this combined affected the jurors because they refused to sequester them before the verdict or before the deliberations. And all of that makes it a justified case to appeal and overthrow this case. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's really dumb. And that day that was not alleged. The prosecution did not allege that Chauvin killed Floyd because he was black or even that he was reckless because he was black. The prosecution did not allege racism. Like, imagine arguing that, like, we should overthrow cases because the public, because too many people cared about the outcome of it. That's amazing. That's an amazing case to make. But that is what Chauvin stands convicted of for the rest of his life. That's what America stands convicted of. No, Derek Chauvin stands convicted of murder. He, he's trying to make it sound like that the trial is too biased by the media and uh, trying to delegitimize the actual verdict in the same way that they've done with the whole election. It's the, the exact same kind of tactics in the narrative to deny the results because it didn't come to the results that they wanted. 
in the view of the entire media, in the view of the entire Democratic Party. This was eminently political from beginning to end, from beginning to end. So when I say that the jury is wrong, juries get it wrong. But the question isn't whether the jury got it wrong. The question is whether the jury got it wrong because they were actually convicting Chauvin of a crime that he was not even alleged to have committed, which is standing in for America's evil racism. And they didn't because they did it based off of the evidence that was provided during the trial. System. And the answer there is pretty obviously yes. Okay, and you can see it in every element of the narrative that's been trotted out, every single element of the narrative. For example, Thelonious Floyd, who is a, a relative, the George Floyd's brother, got up and suggested, standing next to Al Sharpton, one of the great race baiters in American history, and Jesse Jackson, another one of the greatest race baiters in America, American history, and Benjamin Crump, another great race baiter in modern American history. <laughs> Thelonious Floyd stood there and suggested... It's very funny to me because... Uh, I'm not too familiar with all of them. I know Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton have been around for a very long time, but it's funny now that in the 21st century we call civil rights activists race baiters. That's awesome. That's 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 a good evolution for the conservative party. That George George Floyd was like Emmett Till. And now, for those who don't know about the Emmett Till crime, one of the great racial crimes in American history, Emmett Till was a 14-year-old black boy. Uh, I don't know if I would have use those words like that the great the great murder i don't know like i get what he's going for like how you know you say the great depression me meaning that it had a a, a mag like a, a giant impact but um yeah i just like when talking about a murder probably wouldn't use that adjective boy who was falsely accused of having sexually harassed a white woman the white woman's family then went... Which we know, because of last year, she, the, that white woman came out and said that she lied. That she lied about Emmett Till, which, you know, isn't really that hard to discern. You know, a nine-year-old boy overly hitting on a woman. Sure, okay. But, like, yeah, she, last year, I'm pretty sure it was last year, had come out and said that she lied. She lied. A lie led to the death of Emmett Till to the place where Emmett Till lived, dragged him out of his house, shot him, and threw him in a river. In other words... Oh, that's not what I had heard. I Honestly, and I'm pretty sure that it's not even just the river, that they had also dragged him. They tied ropes around his hands and then the other to the back of the hitch of their truck, and they dragged him. So um, it, it's very interesting that he's bringing up this case with just the same amount of lack of nuance that I expect from conservative pundits. The circumstances surrounding George Floyd's death are nothing like the circumstances surrounding Emmett Till's death, which was a purely racist murder in the South in the Jim Crow era. But this is the comparison that was made continuously and repeatedly. And I feel like in Emmett Till's murder, the murderers were let go. Um, and so, I mean, it was emblematic, uh, emblematic, emblematic of its time. Um, but that's that's. There is an apt comparison here because for a lot of people watching that video, especially black people with their uh, with the trauma that they've suffered underneath this country that just seems to change incrementally, um, they saw a lynching. And so if we had the same kind of justice system that was very apathetic towards Emmett Till, and we had the same justice system that was epithetic to George Floyd, which thankfully there were so many protesters and so many people concerned about the outcome of George Floyd's case that it averted that apathy. 
Um, there would be a much more apt comparison here. Um, but yet again, just because Derek Chauvin wasn't racially motivated in killing D- uh, George Floyd doesn't necessarily mean there isn't identity politics going into this, because if there wasn't this much pub- publicization around uh, George Floyd's murder, I r- really do wonder whether or not uh, Derek Chauvin's case would have just flown under the radar and disappeared just like the rest is that every day America's racist system is creating new Emmett Tills. And George Floyd is just the latest example of this. Here is Philanese Floyd making that case. The person that comes to my mind is 1955. And to me, he was the first George Floyd. Mm. That, was, that was Emmett Till. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I did... Uh, was on CNN with Deborah Watts, and she just brought him back to life. Wow. People forgot about him. Yeah. But he was the first George Floyd. Okay, that is a, that is a lie. It is a, by the way, it is a slander against Emmett Till, who is not, in fact, a repeat criminal, <laughs> who had held up a, a pregnant woman at gunpoint and robbed her house with her kid in the house. Again, here they're going with criminal activity, irredeemable hum- human being. Um, Emmett Till was 14 years old when he was murdered. He didn't really even get the opportunity to become a irredeemable criminal criminal in uh, Ben Shapiro's eyes. So we'll never really know what full grown human being Emmett Till would grow into. But yet again, I will remind you that it's not okay for police to kill you in the street just because you have a past criminal record. That is not a step in a dystopian America that we want to take. He was not a repeat drug offender who done jail time. He was not a person passing counterfeit bills, Emmett Till. He was not somebody who resisted arrest. He was not any of those things. Emmett Till was killed because he was a black, because he was a black boy living in the Jim Crow segregated South, and there were white racists who murdered him. There's no similarity between the Emmett Till case and the George Floyd case. But again, that is what Chauvin was convicted of yesterday. Not just in the court of law, but in the court of public opinion, which in America matters a hell of a lot more than the court of law. And it's not just Chauvin who stands convicted of that, of course. The idea from the entire Democratic Party and the media is that it's the entire country that stands convicted of that when it was not even alleged based on evidence. It was not even alleged. And it seems to me that what happened... 98% of excessive force cases are found with acquittals or non-guilty verdicts. There is a systemic countrywide problem. Really here is that the jury took allegations that were not even made and then read them into the crime. Derek Chauvin. They didn't. They didn't. And he's he's equating like the fight for uh, racial justice into going into this verdict. When you take the totality of the evidence that was provided in the trial and it just makes it mostly irrelevant. Like if you replace George Floyd with a white man and you get this verdict, you don't get any of this argument from Ben Shapiro. Had to be convicted of second and third degree murder, not because the fact pattern supported second and third degree murder, might have supported manslaughter, but he had to be convicted of second and third degree murder or whatever charges they threw at him, frankly, because he was a stand-in for the evil history of American racism and the current system of American racial prejudice. I hope you enjoy. No, I didn't. We have one more Ben Shapiro video to get across because we're going to expand on why the Chauvin guilty verdict will not satisfy the left. I am very interested in him getting this entirely wrong. The facts don't matter in any of these cases. It did not matter what what you said in the if. The then was always going to be the same. Because the idea is... if the It's system- very funny because I, I feel like I covered another Ben Shapiro case where the facts did not matter. 
Um, I, I'm pretty sure I did, and it showed that Ben Shapiro had been watching uh, the trial about as much as Tim Pool had, which is basically getting their highlights from like right wingers who would take testimonies out of context. System is bad, then anything that justifies the system may not be that great. In other words, justice is the tearing down of all of the systems. The idea that Democrats are going to push forward, and this is the next move, right, is that it was never about this particular case. It's about the broader system. You'll notice the language that is being used by, by the left today, by members of the media, by members of the Democratic Party, is not the system worked. Usually, in the aftermath of a criminal conviction, the line that you hear very often from politicians in the media is, yes, the system worked. You're not hearing that today. You're really not hearing that today. Instead, what you're hearing is justice was done. There's a major philosophical difference between justice was done and the system worked. If you say the system worked, you're providing legitimacy to the system. The left doesn't want to provide legitimacy to the system. Remember, remember, the system is racist. Remember, the system is... Look, the system did work this time, but that's the major contention of the leftists, is that it's this time. Again, 98%. I'm going to keep repeating that that figure because, you know, there's a lot more, uh, lot more work and a lot more cases to look into here. And there's also an effort to be, to be made sure that this does not happen again. It's bigoted. Remember, the system is the bad guy. Derek Chauvin isn't even the bad guy. Derek Chauvin is just the outgrowth of the system. In a yeah, certain I mean, way. Yeah, I mean, he's a symptom of it. Like a cop that would be afraid of accountability for killing somebody wouldn't have sat on their neck for nine minutes as with such a nonchalant uh, body behavior as well. So, A lot of folks on the left don't even believe that Derek Chauvin is responsible for his own actions because they didn't prove that he was a racist. He's just the outgrowth of a systemically racist system. He's just a widget in the system. The system is bad. So they're not saying the system worked because that would be lending gravitas and legitimacy to a system they hate. Instead, it's justice was done. When they say justice was done, what they mean is we got what we wanted. The only thing that changed yesterday because Chauvin was convicted as opposed to acquitted is that there weren't riots. Because for the left, the outcome really didn't change. Right? For the left, it doesn't matter. I really loved how much too, like conservatives were saying that no matter the verdict, there were gonna be riots. And then when there was like a full guilty charge for Derek Chauvin, there weren't any riots. Ben Shapiro is like the only one I've seen acknowledge that there weren't riots after that. Matter what the what the antecedent was, the consequent was always going to be the same. In the if-then statement, it did not matter what what you said in the if. The then was always going to be the same. If Chauvin had been acquitted, then the then they would have said this. Because Derek Chauvin was acquitted, this just shows that the American racial the American justice system is racially malevolent, that America is a deeply systemically racist place, and this requires, therefore, this requires that you give us inordinate power to reshape all the systems of American life so as to achieve racial equity. Okay, that was version number one, where Chauvin was acquitted. When Chauvin was convicted, here's the argument today. Derek Chauvin was convicted, and this is just the first step to realizing that you have to give us more power so we can reshape the systems of American power in line with providing greater racial equity. It does not matter whether Chauvin was convicted or not for purposes of the agenda. In fact, it seems that there are at least a few in the media who are kind of unhappy that Chauvin was convicted because it seems to grant a certain legitimacy to a justice system they really, really dislike. I mean, to, to take one example, MSNBC's Jason Johnson seemed pretty pissed at the verdict yesterday. He was, instead of, he said, I'm not going to celebrate this verdict because it gives, it gives legitimacy to a system that's bad. I actually always thought that he would be found guilty because it's sort of a cultural makeup call. But I'm not happy. I'm not pleased. I don't have any sense of satisfaction. I don't think this is a system working. I don't think this is a good thing. What this says to me is that in order to get a nominal degree of justice in this country, 
that a black man has to be murdered on air, viewed by the entire world. There have to be a year's worth of protests and a phalanx of other white police officers to tell one white officer that he was wrong in order to get one scintilla of justice. Okay, that last... Before Ben Shapiro tells us why that statement is incorrect, I'm going to tell you that I agree with it. Like I said, 98% of cases. 98% of cases. So this, this rare finding here that we have really only shows that with enough public pressure, will the system care to do the right thing? That's not really how shit should work. Like That's like how Mark Zuckerberg works, is that if it's not in headlines, don't bother me about it. That's not how our system should work. It should be moved on justice and fair and balance and equality and equity on all times when it's not being watched and when it is being watched. Last point there is him admitting that the jury was pressured by the by the millions of people in the streets, which, of course, is true and perfectly obvious to anyone with a shred of common sense. And he says, in order to get this conviction, you needed millions of people in the streets. OK, there's a word for that, and it's mob justice. Yeah, but even so, like the thing is, though, is that like it could have like easily been brought to a grand jury in a lot of cases, like the ones that don't necessarily get a lot of uh, publicity. Breonna Taylor's did. And even with the public pressure, it still came out into a verdict that the public did not agree with. Um, so it's not always it's not always a factor in these cases, but that's what they're going to use in this, because, like I said, they're building a narrative to help Derek Chauvin appeal his court case. And there's a term for that. And this is not a fringe viewpoint, Jason Johnson's viewpoint. In fact, you get the viewpoint, right? Because the idea is if the system is bad, then anything that justifies the system may not be that great. AOC, the ir irrepressible, brilliant, so fresh. That's like saying that we should praise the, like, we should praise Trump because he didn't invade Iran, even though we're still steeped in many other wars. Like, it's, of course, like, cool, cool beans, man. You didn't invade yet another place, but we're still having systemic issues of invading many places and making their infrastructure in their countries much worse than than when we first entered into them. So um, you, you, you can make that argument if you want, but it's not a very sound, sound one. So face face of, of justice in America, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, who spent tens of thousands of dollars on private security over the course of the last few months, but you should definitely defund the police. AOC said that this verdict should not be a ray of hope. It should just be a reminder that we need to completely change the systems of American life. It's not justice. And I'll explain to you why it's not justice. It's not justice because justice is George Floyd going home tonight to be with his family. Justice is Adam Toledo getting tucked in by his mom tonight. Justice is when you're pulled over, there not being a gun that's part of that interaction because you have a headlight out. Right. All or even just being shot for mentioning that you have a gun in the way that Philando Castile was. Justice is tearing down all the systems. And you'll notice the facts don't matter in any of these cases. The Adam Toledo shoot was a justifiable shooting by a police officer. Adam Toledo was missing for two days. And it, it, it absolutely wasn't justified. Um, that cop was way too scared. Way too scared. Chicago. His mom didn't even call the cops. So wait, because he was missing for two days, that was justified? It's justified killing a human being because they hadn't kept contact with their mother for two days? Okay. A member of a gang. Oh. Remember his 
He was also a member of a gang that also justifies his death. Parents, his mom tucking him in. She did not call the cops when he went missing for two nights. He was shooting a gun at moving vehicles. When the police were called to the scene, he ran from the cops. He had a gun behind him. And as he dropped the gun, he was shot. Exactly, which is like if you're, the cops tell you to drop your gun and you do and they shoot you, how is that justified? He was following orders. He wasn't resisting. We don't even have the resisting case to hold it up here. He was complying when he got shot within the, the like eight nanoseconds that he dropped his gun. Okay, the, and, and for her, justice is that he goes home. Justice is that George Floyd is... So, in other words, justice is the tearing down of all of the systems. Because any bad thing that happens... Justice is when cops don't immediately shoot you for committing a crime and you get to face your day in court. That is what she is talking about. And it is so simple that I feel like a four-year-old can understand that. ...can be attributed to the system. So this wasn't justice, right? Justice is bad things don't happen anymore and bad things won't happen anymore. Justified or unjustified, bad things will never happen anymore if you just tear down the systems. How's... Oh my God. And that's funny too, because democratic socialists don't want to tear down the system. They want to reform it. So it's like even... It's even dumber, and it's so funny that conservatives are all like, why aren't they telling the truth? Why are they always missing information? And it's just like, what are you doing, honestly? But yeah, that's that's where they're at right now. But again, I have that toxicology report with the 11 nanograms in the description below, so go check that out, and I will be back with another episode another time. Um, happy Earth Day. Go recycle something and uh, detoxify your soul from right-wing uh, political propaganda. That's my life advice for today and i will see you next time in the talks zone oh yeah follow me on twitter at toxinpod t-o-x-n-p-o-d um the, the the description to the youtube channels and the description below if you're listening through podcasts um let's see like and subscribe dislike if you didn't like it um comment rate review share it with a boomer share it with a candace fan share it with a ben fan and um try to convince them not to watch them anymore so thanks